Oh, the sink. Yeah, it goes, that's why I'm on my leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you can be like 10 times taller than me. Like. <laughs> and also, if you want to sit on those pillows. Oh, yeah. A rich man's world. I have turned a This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Alright, well, Sabina, yes. welcome to the Faking It podcast. Oh my god, thank you. We met two days ago. Three yeah. days ago now. True. Yes. Because you performed mm -hmm. in my workshop showing. Yes. You just went straight into it. <laughs> you said, oh, performing? Yeah, I don't know anyone yet. Sure. Let's do it. We have to get in each other's faces. Maybe that's why I got a cold. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it was so much fun, and I can't wait to share with everyone your story, because oh. I don't even know all of it yet, but I already know it's fascinating and that you're fascinating. You. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do you want to share with everyone where we are how yes. you got here, uh, a little bit about your childhood, and then we'll move on sure. to everything great that you do right now. Yeah, so. let's do it. Yeah. Um, so we're on Orcas Island, mm -hmm. which is the wee little plot of land that I grew up on. We are in Deer Harbor, which is a neighborhood that's very west of, like, the main center of Orcas, which is called Town. Wow. Town. So we're on, like, the outskirts of this tiny island in the, like, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. We're out here. <laughs> we're out here. We're out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're out. And we're out. And we're out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we're queer and we're here. Yes. Which is far away. Mm -hmm. um, so I grew up here in this, like, outskirts of... of this island, which is the outskirts of this continent. And <laughs> I grew up without any public transportation, yeah. with a single parent. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to make a lot of entertainment for myself. Yeah. I moved here when I was 11, but we were coming up here for some time, like on the weekends. Okay. Um, and when I moved here, I was already a dancer. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I wanted to be a ballerina. Cool. Or really wanted to be a ballerina. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And there wasn't much dance here at all. So I kind of had to find new ways of connecting with that part of myself, which wasn't always through movement. Mm -hmm. It was a lot through poetry and like sitting and thinking and just sort of being like inundated by the incredible nature here. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of being like quiet with myself. Yeah. Which I think was a great gift mm -hmm. and a huge struggle because mm -hmm. I wasn't very, um, what's it called, stimulated here mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. So, yeah, Orcus living. Yeah, no, I mean, like driving out here, I got a little lost, you know, and I just yelled your name and you heard me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that explains just like the culture, the community here too. Like I think something that's so beautiful about Orca is just from me being here for such a short amount of time is just how everyone knows each other and really yeah. like cares, you know, like there's like the uncomfortable community living where mm -hmm. it's like everyone knows each other's business and it sucks. Like they all talk <laughs> about each other. Yeah. But I don't know if it's like that here. I didn't get that vibe really. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about a little bit about like your identity as it relates to Orcas Island, because I know that when I got here, it was very queer, mm. uh, but you were saying that it's, it was less like that when you were growing up, so yeah. what, what, what happened? Like, 
I don't know what happened because I've been gone for like over a decade. Yeah. And I didn't get to really engross myself in the community here when I was growing up. Yeah. But when I was growing up, it was uh, half as big population wise. We wow. had about 4,000 people here on a good day. Whoa. Mm-hmm. It's really teeny. And queerness at that time, like, you know, mid 2000s, 2003, 2011 or so. Mm-hmm wasn't at the forefront the way it should have been the way it is now. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. And it was not necessarily okay to be queer. There was a lot of, like, kids driving by and yelling the F word at people Mm. and using gay as a slur Mm -hmm. and, like, a lot of, like, anti-queer jokes happening all the time. Mm -hmm. And But a lot of queer kids. Like, I... All of the kids that I hung out with are now super queer, mm-hmm. or at least first stepping into their queerness now. Yeah. And now, coming back, there has been this incredible shift where there is a group, a community here of artists who are queer, yeah. who are interested in unpacking what that means, mm-hmm. and holding space for the queer youth that are on the island now. Right, right. Which is just like... Amazing. Yeah. So it, your queerness, you would would you say it wasn't influenced by this island at all? It's kind of like something that you developed on your own and then like came back and was like, oh wow, people are like this too now. Was that like kind of what happened or? It was more like I realized I was bi in high school and I came out because I thought it would be fine. Okay. And it was a little weird, but mm. it was my senior year and I was like I can do this I right, can, right I can be by and then leave right um and then I think in Berlin I really came into myself realized that I was an expansive gendered person mm-hmm. non-binary right and coming back here I was met with people like me which mm-hmm. I've never experienced on this island yeah what a miracle yeah. to have that mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there's a ton of non-binary people mm-hmm. and they're all excited about it yeah and that's Ah, it's it's, uh, yeah it's amazing no what I think like two things I want to go back to the Berlin and talk about that story but before I just think like this is my first time experiencing Mm. more like the countryside (laughs) plus like liberal queers oh yeah I don't know like this combination I've never experienced before (laughs) like I didn't know it existed you know and I'm like whoa this is so cool like I love this it's It's like all the best of like country living because there's so much amazing like qualities of that like country life you know like that blue collar life Mm -hmm. and then also just like being queer and like gay and like just all of that is just the combination is so cool like I think it's just so cool there's so much in common too yeah like oh interesting we got our bumpkins and Mm -hmm. we got our our queer hippies and our queer like you know liberal artists right people but like there's a common thread of community and support because mm-hmm. i think in like countries rural small town living community and support is is vital right same in queerness yeah like, totally. you gotta have your people mm-hmm. and when those two peoples come together and mm-hmm. they see no problem with each other and they accept one another this gorgeous like helping your fellow people uh what's it called community i guess mm-hmm. for lack of another term comes out yeah totally like i have i've been buying up little things that for me represent the country living country folk of orcas island like this visor yeah it's yeah. like the golf course thing cool. <laughs> and i have these like sunglasses now that are really sporty mm-hmm. and it feels really good to reclaim these more like 
really deep orcas items and mm-hmm. queer them. Mm, it feels yeah. like I'm I'm combining the two polarizing ideals. Did you feel living on this island that you like was it like homogenous at all? Like did you feel that you had access to like all these different kinds of ideas? Like mm-hmm. how did you find your identity growing up in a very small closed group of people? Getting out of the small closed group of people. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And getting out of the country too. Okay. I feel like the I was really taken up by the U.S. status quo, the beauty standards, the gender Mm. standards. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't know who I was or who I could be. So I wanted to get somewhere where all of what I know, like on a mediocre scale, Mm -hmm. was shaken up and thrown away. Cool. So I could rebuild. So you kind of knew like this ignorance that you're living with. Yeah. And you felt that like you felt like obligated to come like apply to these different standards of what it means to be like a woman, let's say, or like all these different things. But you knew that that wasn't everything. Mm -hmm. And so you're trying to find a place to just say, fuck this and like discover (laughs) yourself, which I think is really cool. I think like I can really relate to that, too. Mm -hmm. Growing up up in my community, I felt like the same way. I knew when I was ready to leave that this isn't everything, but it's still everything that I knew, you know, and Mm -hmm. so it's hard to like. Won't, like know what it's like to be something else or do something else if you've never done it or mm-hmm. seen it you know mm-hmm. but you can know that it's still it's there and so I guess that's like a good message for everyone to hear that mm. you can be very aware if let's say this is not everything you're able to know that even if you don't know there's some, what something else is yeah you know that's fine mm-hmm. and that should be enough to go to mm. go out there and to do the thing that you want to do whatever whatever it is and so your thing was going to Berlin yeah. let's hear what was what's <laughs> the story there why did you go how did you go oh boy okay yeah so, okay, I came from here, small town. Yeah. Went to a college, Hampshire College. Shout mm-hmm. out Hampshire. Great place. Shout out Hampshire. Shout out Hampshire. Um, in Massachusetts. Okay. Also small town. <laughs> yeah. It's a farm in the middle of the woods in the middle of nothing. Okay, so you're like, oh, I know this. This is familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone's like young and hot and, and nice. like from different places. So cool. It was a little bit different. <laughs> um, but still like tiny. I could handle it. Right. Then I moved to Seattle and I was like, Ooh, this is just something about this is not it. Mm. Like it's too manicured in some way. Okay. You need money to maneuver in this space. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming from Orcas where the barter system was the first economy here. Interesting. And still exists. Like wow. there's a lot of my mom has many traditions of like taking items from her garden, giving them away to neighbors, and then getting canned goods back or canning other neighbors. Like my stepdad, her partner. The way that they kind of started their relationship was he would, like, shoot animals in the area uh-huh. who were, you know, getting live uh, and coaching on um, crops and such. Yeah. And then we would get the that animal or bits of that animal and she would make food for the, for the neighborhood. Wow. She would prepare potatoes and, like, from geese Yum. in the area. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It was really wild. Yeah. And also, I believe it. Like, we get oysters from, like, yeah. Paul, you know, the guy who owns the house we're staying in. And, like, that's, yeah, it's really cool. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's the community thing. This, like, country to liberal, <laughs> you know, handoff. Right. It's, it's around. Mm-hmm. So that, like, kind of uh, beyond capitalist idea was something that I cherished and was important for me. I could see that. I had that for me Mm -hmm. and even though Germany is still a super capitalist place Berlin felt like a little bit more DIY Mm -hmm. somewhere where you could really just experiment with something or try something Mm -hmm. and so from Seattle I was like 
couldn't make enough money to yeah. survive. I was working way too much. I mm. was I had a theater company cool. and was dancing, and it, I was just overworked and yeah. lost, young mm. and confused. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never been to Berlin. Cool. I didn't have any money. Okay. I had no resources. Yeah. I'd never gotten a visa before. <laughs> I didn't know shit. I couldn't even, like, I wasn't, I didn't know how to fill out paperwork to get insurance. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I was just a little baby. Uh-huh. Um, I was 24. <laughs> and I just gave away or sold, like, 80% of all of my belongings. Wow. Packed a backpack and a suitcase. Mm-hmm. Had my foam roller with me. Nice, very important very as important. a dancer, especially. Yeah, need that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I flew to Berlin, and I just it worked. Mm-hmm. It was a place I needed to be. Cool. When my intuition brought me there. Yeah. Like it, I just knew I had to go there specifically. Mm. I've never been screamed at by my insides so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I actually know what that feels like so I know, much. I know how that feels. Yeah. Please tell me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there's so many examples I can give, but I'll give two recent examples. Jeez. Yeah. Um, okay. So one, mm-hmm. I was supposed to do, and a lot of people from like the show know this too. I was going to work, do this like job, work at a uh, startup. Okay. Uh, and I was planning on doing it. I was like set, like everything was set, everything was going smoothly. It was in September, and I was I was in New York City, mm-hmm. and I was doing this like founders house like program thing where for one month I get to live with like these other female founders, which was really great. Wow, okay. And I was doing that like as an intermittent to finding an apartment in New York City that cause I was gonna like move there and like work at the startup and everything was gonna be great, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, <laughs> great, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, but as like the month of September was coming to an end and I had to find this apartment. Usually you find an apartment, like, it takes two weeks in New York City because, like, the flip turnover rate's so fast. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so, like, you wait till, like, you're three weeks out to, like, when you want to move in. Mm. That's when you start to look. Mm. So now I'm, like, at two weeks. I'm, like, okay, like, I really need to find this apartment. Yeah. Uh, And every night when I go to sleep, my stomach starts to hurt when I think about, like, finding an apartment. And, yeah, it's, like, like this pain. It's, like, the stress, like, below my ribs and I'm very familiar with this it's like uh oh there's something wrong you know and so I like go to sleep over and then this happens again and again I'm like okay what's wrong like why am I feeling this way Mm. so I'm like look down at my gut I'm like what what is it (laughs) tell me (laughs) what do you want like I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing this is gonna be good there's security stability with my family like this is all great you Mm. know like why am I feeling this way and then I was like there's this voice inside of me it's like Miriam you know want to go back to school (laughs) you're not done with Stanford yet you know you're not done studying even though I could have gotten my degree like I finished my engineering degree yeah and I was like (laughs) okay Jesus (laughs) yeah that's why you're so good with numbers (laughs) thank you so much of course I don't know what you're referring to but uh well last night we had a little card game and I the the Kababa. Oh, Kababa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot the name of it. <laughs> I played it so many times now. It's a big thing in this current community that we're in. <laughs> it's a good game. And I couldn't add up the simple oh, numbers right. in front of me, and you're like, it's 30. And I'm like, thank God. <laughs> you're an engineer. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, my gut was like, you want to go back to school? Oh, okay. And so then, like, a week before the semester started, I signed back up for school. Mm. And I just, like, quit everything I was doing. And I just went. I just left. And, like, I'm so grateful I made that decision. It was, like, where I needed to be, 
what I wanted, you know, and it was like, you know, sometimes your body just tells you this is what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it sucks because your brain and your body have different ideas, but your body is always right. Mm. It's nuts. I think, I think the reason why that is, is because of our conscious and unconscious minds. Mm. So, so this is my theory on it. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay. So my theory on it is that we know what we want. Mm -hmm. That's our unconscious like self. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that we explicitly think. Mm -hmm. Our conscious minds are what we are like thinking about, like when we talk to ourselves in our heads. Our words. Our words yeah. in our mind. Yeah, yeah. That's like our, like the thinking box in our head, mm. whatever you want to call it. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> I think I read that somewhere. But anyways. Um, yeah. So the unconscious is what like our body is like, this is what we want, this is what we want to do. And then our conscious mind is what we tell it tell ourselves what we want mm. very frequently when we feel hungry we can as like somebody who's had an eating disorder for example mm. and you know when you're hungry you feel hungry you know that's your body saying i'm hungry feed me mm -hmm. but then your conscious mind your thinking box can say but don't eat yeah. because you want to be skinny or you want this you want that or it's all these outside forces weighing in on how you want to act yeah. not how you actually feel mm -hmm. and so i think that's why like our unconscious, but our body tells us what we want because it's not influenced as much at, by like the outside surroundings. Yeah. When our mind, we can we can trick our minds. We can say yeah. like, no, I'm not going to eat right now, even though we need to eat, you know, mm -hmm. even though that's not what's good for us. Yeah. And so that's like my theory on it a little bit is that our, our, our body is telling us, no, this is good for you. Do that. Yeah. Despite what everyone else says, you know, the outside world and Oof. everything. Yeah. And I think a large part of like emancipating oneself from their childhood, which I think is something that everyone kind of is on the journey of doing in their 20s, 30s, 40s, mm -hmm. 50s, right. 60s. Right, totally. <laughs> like, it's facts. Yeah, 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 I love that. Reparenting yourself is is really hard. Yeah. Because I think a lot of our, the way that our patterns are, mm. were formed not by us, but by those around us. Yeah. So refining those patterns mm -hmm. is a journey. Yeah. And a lot of that journey is connecting your body's intuition with your mind's intuition. Mm -hmm. I mean, the body and mind arguably are the same thing. There's a lot of like schools of thought around that. Right. Um, so don't at me, but right. it's, a, it's a whole like study of philosophy I know. on mind and body. So it's well also like biologically, right. There's like, you store a lot in your muscles mm. and then you're, there's a whole like somatic practice where like your mind, it's the mind body. There is no difference, mm -hmm. but sometimes there is because we can trick ourselves cognitively, right. but yeah. we cannot trick ourselves physically. Mm -hmm. That's just, well, I guess right. we sort it's, of can. It, yeah. But, Whatever. Yeah. But this, <laughs> that, that like, you know, mind to body connection is really hard to, to remake. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, that's a big part of growing. What do you mean by reparenting? Like, I love that word. I never, I love it. I know, it's really sweet. Yeah. Providing the care and support for yourself. At least this is my personal definition. Providing the care and support for yourself that maybe you did not get by your parent mm -hmm. when you were a child, when mm -hmm. you were being developed. Yeah. Cool. Saying Whoa. it's okay, regulating your own self. Mm -hmm. If you're in an uncomfortable situation, pinpointing your needs mm -hmm. and giving yourself those things yeah. are really lovely. Mm -hmm. So yeah, treating yourself like you're a little baby and trying to make sure that you're safe. 
Cool. Yeah. I love that. It's yeah. like, if let's say your parent gives you shitty advice, then like <laughs> have your own imaginary parent in your mind give you good advice, you know? Yeah. And like, that's my mom right now. And I love that. That's such a cool way to look at it. Yeah. That's really cool. It's tough though. Because mm-hmm. you have to be the parent and the baby. Right. At the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Parts. Have you heard of like parts? Like therapy? No, tell me. Oh my God. It's so great. <laughs> Okay, so parts are, this has allowed me to have an orgasm. God, tell it to me. Oh my God. Wow, love that. Okay, so parts is when I was in sex therapy because I could not have an orgasm. I was like, mm, yeah, sucks, you know? I have a similar story. But oh, cool. Yeah. So maybe you can share if you want after. Sure. Um, but my sex therapist, she's like, okay, imagine this like part of you that is just like stopping you from feeling pleasure. Mm-hmm. And like, what does it look like? Like, what is it called? And so in my mind, it was like this giant hamburger. <laughs> Fuck that hamburger. <laughs> With like really scary pointy teeth. Oh, and like no. Huge. It was like giant. Oh, you know? that's scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So like you have to like come up with this like this idea in your head of like yeah. what it looks like. Like this part of you mm. that's like you can't experience pleasure. You're not allowed to do it. Like blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know? And then it's like imagine what is what part of you looks like pleasure. What do you want to call it? So for me, I called it the pleasure princess. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and it was like just, you know, like me just like naked and super hot and like mm-hmm. everything like that. But yeah, sorry. Can I swear? I'm oh, so yeah. Sorry. You can swear. So many times. Yeah, you can swear as much as you want. Shoot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. Yeah. F U. <laughs> Fudge, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so you were the pleasure princess, yeah. naked and gorgeous. And then like they're talking to each other and you're, you know, and you like say what, like you just like act it out and it just really helps just like characterize these identities of yourself mm. and then overcome them. So it's like a form of therapy, parts therapy. Oh yeah. my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure. sure. I forgot why I brought that up, but. Uh, reparenting. Really, yeah. 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 So. Wow. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. I also had a large problem with sex mm. for a long, long time. I had vaginismus for six years. That's when, like, the vagina is, like, tight? Super tight. Yeah. And so painful, Oof. I've, like, seen colors. What? Like, it's, yeah. I've also spat genitalia out of my vagina before. What is that? What does that mean? It's like the, I had some genitalia come in, and then my vagina went, oh. and it went, <laughs> <laughs> No! Rejected! Yeah. Yes! Yes, and another thing wow. about, like, connecting your body to your mind or to, you know, your intuition to your cognitive self, like, I just wasn't listening mm. to my body saying, no, I'm not ready for this yet. Yeah. And I didn't have my first orgasm until I was 21. Same? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Trying to wow. figure it out. Yeah. It takes some time, and it's it's a long journey. Mm-hmm. There's so many different kinds of orgasms. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm happy that we're now orgasming. That's great. Ugh, I know. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with not being able to orgasm yet either. Or not wanting to. Or not wanting to. Yeah. Or like, you know, I feel like I'm on the A spectrum, which is this a asexual, not being interested in sex. Mm. There are times in my life where I really do not want that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that I am asexual because that would be claiming a term that's not mine. But I mm-hmm. feel like I'm on the spectrum of that. Cool. But I also I love, love an that. orgasm. Yeah. yeah. No, I just I just like have friends who are always wondering if they're asexual. Yeah. But there could be a spectrum for that too, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. So maybe sometimes you're just not in the mood of sex for like a yeah. long period of time. And that makes me so powerful. Yeah. Like I think it's incredible, you know, understanding and owning your sexuality. And there's a lot of shame around not wanting to be sexualized and not wanting to sexualize, mm-hmm. which is a bit backwards for me. Mm. And I, I want that bubble to burst. What do you mean? I think a lot of times people 
friends of mine will say things like, I'm feeling really asexual right now, and that makes me feel sad oh. and like unwantable somehow. Huh. They they join it with unlovability. Yeah. Just because they don't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. But that's your prerogative. Like, right. That's your, you know, boulder to sit on for at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I imagine like a mermaid <laughs> on a little rock. <laughs> mermaid. Like, I'm above this water. I don't want to fuck it. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe eventually you go back in. But yeah. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty badass. Yeah. Just be the mermaid, you know. Just lay in the sun. Yeah. And also, I think one of the reasons like women tend or just like people tend to feel this way is because mm-hmm. I think we're in this point with like female sexuality where it's like very empowering to fuck. Mm. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah, like I hook up and like, that's cool. And so it makes it harder for us to be like, actually, I don't want this sex. You know, it's like we're allowed to fuck a lot of people now. We're not sluts anymore. Mm -hmm. But now that like pushes us to fuck a lot of people. So maybe that has something to do with it, too. Like we need to learn how to say no to sex and say, I don't Mm. want sex for this long period of time. And that be okay too, Mm -hmm. which it is. Yeah. So that's a great observation. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. I agree with that. Cool. Yeah. Understanding the nuance of your sexuality is a really... Uh, what's it called? Not emancipating, but like empowering. Yep. That, thank you so much for reading that <laughs> perfectly. You speak my language. I got you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> yes, empowering um, yeah. thing to do for oneself because you're seeing yourself as the human and the creature that you are and not like the gender that you are yeah. or the box that you need to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Well, something else that's very empowering is the hug <laughs> research that I participated in that you put together. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about contemporary dance and like sure. how you got into it what it even is because I barely know what it is even though I'm now a contemporary dancer you certainly are professionally kind of <laughs> uh, professionally yes yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely um I can give you my uh take on it okay because contemporary dance is a huge term mm-hmm. huge umbrella with a lot of history and I am like one I'd say very contained perspective as like a white able-bodied reading assist person because contemporary dance spans so much. Yeah. So much. It's very juicy. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, it's good (laughs) shit. So basically contemporary is whatever like fusioned, I'd say dance or whatever dance is like, of the now right now. Okay. And that can be mm. influenced by right now it's really influenced by a lot of like hip hop techniques and um 
like general community dance techniques. It's built off of the back of modern dance and also ballet. Cool. But it's ever expanding and it can include just about anything. What's modern dance? Modern dance is what happened as a response to ballet and okay. vaudeville. Mm-hmm. And it's a more experimental dance. What's a vaudeville? Vaudeville is like, <laughs> like jazzy, tappy, okay, cool. you know, yeah. Broadway kind of thing, okay. more or less. Again, these are my more or less personal definitions, so I might be wrong, and that's fine. That's fine. You can discuss it. Yeah. Um, but so modern is experimenting more with the weight of the body, okay. reaching it and tipping it and falling on the floor and falling through space. Mm-hmm. Um, Pina Bausch is a German choreographer who's, I think, kind of postmodern, early contemporary work. Mm-hmm. Some of the most beautiful work I've ever seen. Really, really simple. Cool. But I think the thing that contemporary has that I love is understanding that movement is a monologue. Mm-hmm. At least the contemporary dance that I like to watch is where I can see my human experience through abstract, unexpected movement. Mm-hmm. That's really fun to see. Okay. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> you see my face, just like, Bleh. yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so wrapping my head around it, because I don't know too much about it, obviously. This is great, then. Yeah. yeah. So, contemporary dance is, like, dance that is current, based off of, like, the latest kind of dance stuff, which was, like, ballet and um, modern dance, and the other one that you mentioned that I forgot, jazz, hip hop, hip hop, right? Oh, vaudeville. No, vaudeville's not an name. Va- right? Okay, okay. <laughs> but I said jazzabo, so I'm gonna be jazzabo. Love jazzabo. <laughs> yeah, me too. So good, so good. <laughs> um, okay, and it's just like it's like abstract, abstract. It could be abstract. It could yeah. not be also, but yeah, yeah. I guess so. Okay, it's it's a hard thing to define because mm-hmm. it's so vast. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like not ballet. So what's your niche in it then? I'm still learning that okay. as a young choreographer. Cool. Um, almost 30, which for me is very young mm-hmm. in terms of choreographers. But for me, my niche, I'm coming from ballet when I was younger, then into clowning and theater. Okay. And like uh, counter technique, which is a technique for contemporary dance. Mm-hmm out of um, the Netherlands and Australia. Cool. And Van Dyke. Yeah. I think I have to say that for copyright reasons. Okay. <laughs> she said it. Um, so my niche is like very theatric, very approachable, very um, cognitive and dancer forward. Yeah. And also I love trying to move the body as like different objects other than other than the body. Mm, what do you mean? Like sometimes I like to dance like a crumpled up piece of paper or like an alien dropped into my body and I yeah. was trying to figure out how to move it. Why? Because it's really fun. Is that why? No, for more reasons. Okay. Because <laughs> that's a good reason though. That's a good reason. Yeah. Well, I think that's the only reason. Like, well, there's that's more. The main. That's it's the, the main. main. It's the main reason. I I like to l- relearn that my body is this toy that my brain can control okay where it can be anything i want it to be based on how strong my daydream is Mm. that helps me rewrite what society has tried to paint on me which is shame about my body okay and instead take it as my own Mm -hmm. as something that i can explore 
and just play with. Mm-hmm. I mean, accessing play with the body is such a, an empowering thing. Totally. It breaks you away from from shame. Yeah. From hate of your of your corporeal meat sack. Mm-hmm. No, I think there's a certain way that we're expected to move through this world. There's mm-hmm. a certain way that we're supposed to like greet people, fuck people, mm-hmm. you know, like all these different things. And something that is so cool, like even doing this one like project with you, mm-hmm. just like the tasks you gave us is pretend that there's tar all over your body <laughs> and then like move, you know, and like mm-hmm. You look weird while doing that, and it, it, it seems uncomfortable, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like I'm not used to, to contorting so my body beautiful. in these ways, yeah. And like it is beautiful, and also it is like new and empowering in, in some way to just like experience your body and just pretend, you know, and like use your imagination and like all of that. It is it is very uncomfortable because I feel mm-hmm. like as as people in the society we don't tend to play like that mm-hmm. with our bodies and with our minds. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that I think it's really cool that that's not like what you do with your like your life and that's what mm-hmm. your work. I think it's amazing. I really do. Can I ask you what your experience was with this workshop? This, that you just really jumped into. Yeah. So, so for some context, it was on hugs. Yes. Uh, exploring. Want to give the quick gist of it? Yes. So okay. uh, I ran. We ran, but I was the facilitator of a. It was a three week, no four week, workshop, once a week for like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. We came together, and just tried to figure out how many different kinds of hugs that we've experienced in our lives. What does hugging mean to us yeah it's a global and like multi-species phenomenon Mm -hmm. so many different animals hug for so many different kinds of reasons like what animal like what's an example i think apes also hug as a form to um show dominance cool and also to carry their young Mm -hmm. it's it like wrapping your arms around somebody else's torso Mm. is such a ubiquitous thing and I, I'm really curious about it because yeah. it happens in our lives. Like if you if you could tally up all the hugs in your life, I'm sure that you've had like over a hundred different kinds right. of hugs. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. thought so many different thoughts while doing that. Uh-huh. So it's mm-hmm. something that I think we can all um, recognize. And I'm just I really want to dig into it. Yeah. I want to see more more of what we can do with that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can use dance also as a way to explore just like human behavior. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So I guess I, I can share my experience. Please. Please. Okay. So yeah. let's see. Um, there's so much to say. One thing coming in, which is really timely, was that a couple days before we did that, mm-hmm. uh, I was walking in Washington Square Park in New York City mm-hmm. and there was this girl that was crying on a bench. <laughs> I know. And oh, so I was with my friend. There. What? We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. She was like looking at her phone crying, you know? Maybe, yeah. And so I was walking with my friend and my friend was telling me about her like relationship drama. And so I felt bad like pausing her and like like saying like, but I wanted to go to this person and give them a hug. Yeah. And so I said to her, I was like, I want to give that girl a hug. And my friend's like, go do it. And I was like, oh. I am going to do it. Yeah. And so I go up to her and I say, do you want a hug? Uh-huh. And she says, yes. And then she stands up and we just hug for like, Whoa. <laughs> for so like 15 seconds. And I'm like rubbing her back and I'm like, it's going to be okay. Oh. <laughs> and then, yeah, and that was it. And I walked away and like, that was that oh. moment, you know? Powerful. And yeah, it was really powerful. Yeah. And so it just like going to the hug, that's like 
the first thought that came to my head going to like that practice yeah. was that I went that had that experience and like how powerful hugs are. Mm-hmm. Um, but my biggest takeaway is just the very physical element of that exercise mm. because for me I'm also someone who like conducts research yeah. and the ways that I do that is through app development you know mm. through interviewing people through like mm. creating tech projects mm. like for example my mom and I um created this like like on a wall I forgot what it's called like on a wall in, in New York City we like got all these artists to like put little stars on the wall and write like something that empowers them for being a woman because yeah. it was like supposed to like raise awareness for like the Iranian women's rights movement mm, yeah amazing yeah it was a mural hmm. uh, and so like doing stuff like that and getting all these and seeing what everybody says you know and I think what you do that's so cool is that you do this research through the body mm. and through movement and so like I never thought about that as like a means to doing research and like understanding Understanding people, mm, which cool. yeah, which is really interesting. And I, what I took away from that research, is just like I think I mentioned this, but I'll say it again: is how I haven't been so intimate with that those many kinds of different bodies that were also participating in the exercise, mm. like. People I've hooked up with, they all kind of look the same, mm. you know, like people that I hug. It's like, like they all are kind of from my life. Like I'm not hugging that many people, that many older people. Like mm. I only hug my grandmother. Mm. That's it. She's like the only old person that I hug. Yeah. So it's fun for me to hug an older person that wasn't my family member. Yeah. And just like do that, you know, my family member, your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hugged my mom. I hugged you. <laughs> it's so cute. It meant a lot to me. Yeah, she's a great hugger. Yeah, she is. She's, you can't see this, but she's uh, sitting in a little rocking chair on the deck. Yeah, with her visor. Like, mama, like, daughter. Or I know. <laughs> offspring? We're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, mama, like, offspring. Yeah. Kid? Adult? Kid. Okay, okay, now I think this is a good segue into the next thing that we can talk about. Yes. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> Which is gender identity. Yeah. A small little topic that no one knows about. Mm-hmm. When I was speaking to my sister the other day, and she's mm-hmm. like, she's like, how's the island? I was like, it's great. And she's like, it looks super gay. And I'm like, I know, I love it. And she's like, are you going to come home non-binary? And I was, and I was like... I'm not, but <laughs> definitely thought about it. Yeah, let me tell you. It's there for you. It's there for yeah, you. Yeah, so want to share your story there a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So, okay. I, let's see, I realized I was bi really early on. Mm-hmm. When I was seven, I thought I was gay. Okay. And I cried to my mom about it, and I was like, I'm not ready to be gay in this world. And she goes, <laughs> you're not gay. I've seen you kiss so many boys. Uh. And I'm like fair but like I remember seeing these commercials with these over sexualized women just being like oh I don't know what's going on with me but oh. I like it mm. um, so I was bi mm-hmm. but something still like I was performing being a woman and something just felt so off like it just felt like I was trying to be something that I wasn't and obviously failing at it because that's what happens when you try to be something that you're not. Right. And I moved to Berlin about a year after. I was sitting on my couch and I just realized that this idea of being what a woman is just really didn't feel right on my skin. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I was non-binary or at least I started like my journey of trying to expand my gender and really mm-hmm. pay attention to what my body wanted my gender expression to be Mm -hmm. 
And I found throughout the years, like, I realized that I didn't start using they, them pronouns until, like, four years later. Wow. And, Hmm. like, it was a really long journey. I had, I shaved my head. Cool. It's, it's, shave your head. You will be so hot. (laughs) Like, oh my God. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I shaved my head and I said, why did no one tell me that I was this beautiful? Whoa. I had no idea. Wow. And it just, like, struck me the gorgeousness and the gentleness of my features. Oh my goodness. Just because they're mine, not because of how they look. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly I could be this human, this expansive person, and not just be a woman or a girl or a hmm. lady. Yeah. It was amazing. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to shave my head. Please. I will. Oh my God. Maybe when it. I'm in Berlin. Oh, when I'm traveling. Yeah. I'll shave your head. All right. <laughs> do it for you. Do it in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Do not do it in the winter. Yeah. It okay. will hurt your little brain. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and now I'm in the process of growing it out. And for me, that's really like helping me fully take in my identity okay. because if I can make long hair on this body queer mm. just for myself then I feel like I've really taken over my whole self mm. with this idea of being non-binary cool but what it means to me now is just realizing that there's days where I feel like I just want to be kind of a shitty skater boy Mm -hmm. there are days where i feel like some sort of fairy alien nondescript something (laughs) there are days where i want to be in full girl drag and just be like i'm feminine (laughs) and i'm just trying to listen to that ebb and flow Hmm. and like let myself explore the vastness of my own gender in that way yeah so i know like like for me i I had a whole journey with makeup like Mm. i in body hair, but that is a whole story. But <laughs> that's like a good one. But, but pretty much, like I went cold turkey after my breakup. I was like, I'm not gonna wear makeup wow. and I'm not gonna shave my body. Hell yeah! <laughs> and then it was more just to realize where I am on that spectrum. I went cold turkey just to get comfortable with like having body hair and not wearing makeup. Mm. And once I felt comfortable with that, then I decided like. Do I want to wear makeup now, or do I want to put body hair on? Because now it's for like, or shave my hair because now it's for me, yeah. Rather than like for society. Mm. Did you have like a similar experience to that with being non-binary? Like, was it hard for you to like claim yourself? Or did you feel shame with that? And how did you get over that shame? If mm. you did, that's a great question. Yeah, I think so. I so I came. I realized who I was. <laughs> came out, cut my hair really, really, really short, and then tried to see what happens if I performed masculinity instead. Okay, so you played with it. I played with it. And it really, it didn't fit me because I was just going from one end of the binary to the other. Yeah. I didn't really like it. Mm -hmm. And then for a time, for me, my clothes really helped me sink into who I am that day. Mm -hmm. And I for about a year, only wore either all white or all black. Wow. Because colors meant so much and speak such a story. And I just didn't understand what my story was yet. Whoa. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just, I wow. was like, I'll mix patterns and colors soon, but right now, all black or all white. And it felt really, really good cool. to do that, to be like, I can't say who I am yet. Let me just like take a second. Mm-hmm. And I think when I shaved my head is when I started being able to play with color again Mm. because I had already some sort of, at least my head represented 
who I felt like inside and was really versatile. Yeah. And then I could sort of style myself for myself to show how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it took a, it's a huge long journey. I'm right. just stepping into myself, I think, fully now. Mm-hmm. Um which I think maybe is what your 30s is about. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I want it right. Like, you know, it could be any time, you know? Yeah, true. But, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to think that turning 30 is me turning zero again because I'm, at, I'm the baby of a decade. Cool. So I'm just letting myself, like, be a freshman. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. No, that's good. I think, like, it's great to every day you can be a freshman, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, every day is a new day. Yeah. I, I like to live like that, too. I think, like, it's so great to just constantly be learning things. and mm, Yeah, well, you're doing a lot of learning. Yeah. Dedicating your life to learning right now. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think, like, thanks for sharing your non-binary, like, story. I think that a lot of people can relate. Sorry, pause for childhood clock <laughs> it's okay it's a beautiful clock it's four maybe i'll put them in the beginning it's like an intro sound <gasps> that's nice that'd I be cool talked over it fuck fudge fork many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <laughs> Shiitake mushrooms! Whoa, my mom is right there. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think i think this is good i mean I, let's see uh, one thing one last thing i'll say yeah two more things bring it on all right so one thing on the non-binary thing yeah. is that i just think like a lot of people get confused by it um and by your definition it sounds like it's more just allowed you to be yourself mm-hmm. and not fall under any like umbrella of what it means to be a man or a woman mm-hmm. or any gender it's kind of just like i'm going to dress the way i want to dress act the way i want to act and that's what being non-binary is kind of just like saying i'm queer like i'm non-binary is that does that like sum it up a little bit would you say or i think yes okay my definition for myself of what it means to be non-binary and it is different for every single person in this world who experiences that i wouldn't trust somebody's definition who's like anti-queer yeah totally wouldn't listen to it um but for me the binary 
what we know is binary is either a one or a zero. Yeah. It's just two flavors. Mm -hmm. And what being non-binary is, is walking through the door to the rest of the numbers. Mm -hmm. There's so many out there. But unfortunately, we don't have the language to really pinpoint and pick apart the expansiveness of gender. Mm -hmm. So instead, we have this one umbrella term, much like contemporary dance, which is non-binary. It just sort of means everything else. Mm -hmm. But there's so much of everything else, and it's such a flow. It's Mm. kind of hard to catch or pinpoint. So at the same time that I'm trying to catch and pinpoint what my gender is to me, I'm also just trying to let it flow and like be a little buoy on top of it. Yeah. Just follow it and let it be. That's cool. That yeah. kind of reminds me of quantum mechanics. Oh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Have you heard of superposition? Uh, is that where something um, is and isn't in a place, and if you pinpoint it, then it's no longer where it is or something? So like, that's entanglement, oh, I think. Oh, okay. All right. But it's actually a little bit of both that you're saying. Okay. But, but like superposition is like with the one and the zero. So like in quantum computing, hmm. there's like a, there's a bit, which is either like a one or a zero. That's like classical computers, right? Okay, yeah. That's what computers are made up of, bits yeah, and yeah. bytes, whatever. And then qubits in quantum computers mm. is the superposition of a one and a zero at the same time. It's kind of like... <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, and that kind of just... <laughs> exactly. And it's like, it's both, yes. you know? And, and also, all. Yes. And nothing. Everything. It's everything. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so it yeah. just reminds me of that. Yeah, cool. it's, it's the clashing and the balancing of that one and the zero. Mm-hmm. And also 52 and also... Right. There's just so much to it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think this is everything. Thanks so much for yeah. coming on to my podcast. Oh, yeah, pledge. Chatting with me. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. This was really amazing. And mm-hmm. I am so happy that you're doing what you're doing. Thanks. Because it's really special. I've listened to a couple episodes, as I told you. And they were so inspiring and also so grounding. It was really special. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yay! A hug! <laughs> a hug. A very, very special hug. <laughs> so many kinds. Dunzo. Great. <laughs>